Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio, our heroes found themselves in the hidden ossuary of Firehammer Hold, helping Jack unlock the secrets of his past. But the secrets of someone else's past suddenly came back to haunt them. It seemed the former Lord of Albion made a deal with the devil, and it was time to collect. The ossuary heated up, then exploded. Bones and marble flew. Blob attack. Demonic bad guys glowered. Blobs of flesh emerged. Deals were apparently broken. Adventurers did not blunder. Our heroes were making quick work out of the foul blobs from hell until there was another explosion. Emerging from the smoke were six more Lemuries and a devil wrapped in chains. Chains that were soon wrapped around Elric and Cullen. Things got even worse as the party had to overcome paralyzing fear. And their only hope of survival laid in the hands of Esmir, whose arcana skills were being put to the test. In the end, the portal was closed and the battle was won. But Jack had lost the answers he was looking for, and the party lost one of their own. The weight of grief and despair weighed down upon our heroes. But the Sword Coast still needed saving. Who is Led Zeppelin, and why would you play him backwards? What is a Play-Doh factory, and are there Lemuries there? And what the heck is Colin's secret? And why are Grand Grand and Pappy so mad at him? Well, who knows? Let's find out in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. Check. Everyone. We've got to we've got to think of the people of Julkin. We've got to think we've got to get them out of here. And we've got to stop their nefarious plan. I'm sure Elric would want that. Can't fall into ourselves. And given to despair. You know what I hate more than spooky houses and devils? Speeches? When kids are actually <laughs> right. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colin, come here, boy. I walk over to Esmeralda. And I hold up the stole. I'm like, you gotta hold this for Elric. You should probably wear it for him, too. I, I'll hold it, but I won't wear it. It's creeping me out. Maybe you should. Yeah, but it's got superpowers, bro. But it's for magicians. You could learn a power. I mean, a new, a thing to do. Yeah, but... You could be so cool. You're just a regular guy now. You're a muggle. But that's the problem. As I, I'm not a magician. I couldn't wield it. It is pretty fitting on you, Esmir. It's kind of right up you your alley. I think you could. Right up could your he... alley with the feathers and all. You know, the whole Could he thing. wield it, Mark? Yes, he could. 
Really? Oh, I thought I couldn't use a magic item. It doesn't like say in the description that it has to be a spellcaster. Oh, okay. Huh. Okay, so listen, next time we're on a break, I'm going to try to help you attune to this thing. I'll give you some tips and tricks um, from one of my uh, little videos I do on. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what hey are guys, these videos? This is I'm going to show you how to attune stuff. Don't forget today. to smash that subscribe button. <laughs> um, so Esmir thinks Colin should take the stole and Jake has the drift globe because in her mind it'll be like he's fighting with us yeah his you know because she's kind of like uh, right. sentimental in that kind of way I uh, I'll, I'll if you say so Esmeralda I'm still yeah. like it creeps me out here put it on put it on let's see let's see <laughs> Oh, you look good. You're, you're pushing me out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> and then Asmir is going to, after she does that, she's going to dust off her stuff. And she's like, okay, you know what? Now I'm really, really pissed off. So we got to keep moving and we got to figure out this stuff out because our next quest is going to be to find Elric. Hopefully it's Elric and not Ulrich. I call him stupid Ulrich, but that's okay. Don't Maybe El- Ulrich will get put back into a skin bag, and somehow that will release Ulrich. <laughs> Where he belongs. <laughs> hey, Jack. And you see Jack is... Um, Peely Wally. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty injured. He yeah, took he a lot of damage from the Chain Devil. Yeah. And he's uh, he's standing over by the, uh, by the burial niches in the wall there, and he's shuffling through the bones that exploded out of the niches, you know, when the portal opened. And it looks like he's um, looking for the marble slab that Cullen found that said Iron Fist on it. Okay. I will help him. Yeah, we could puzzle it back together. So let's all do it. Okay. And I would also like to heal him, unless he can heal himself over that we're in kind of a safe zone now. Uh, Jack doesn't have any healing powers. All right, then can I go out of turn and heal him? Mm-hmm, sure. All right. Also, so I, I should we do a short up. rest so that we can at least roll a hit die or two? Because I'm wounded. Sure. I'm about half. I'm less. I'm more than half down. Yeah, you guys can take a short rest here. So I can do a D8 plus four on him with Cure Wounds. Okay. I've got two first-level slots left. Ooh. Max. Maximum. 12 points. Sweet. Can you do that for the group? Did you bring enough for everyone? I can't. Ah, thank you, Sir Jake. That hit the spot. I feel much better. Thank you. You are certainly welcome, Sir Iron Fist. So I think that we should all help him. Before we take our short rest, we should all get down on our hands and knees and try and find that piece for him. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're going to help you, Jack. Thank you. Thank you, my friends. I know it doesn't seem like much, but... Oh, it is much. But it's important to me to know where my family came from. We get it. We get it, Jack. Look at what you went through to get it. All right, so you guys help Jack search through the ancient bones and slabs of marble that are laying about the ossuary now from the explosion. And with uh, all you guys working together, you find and piece together the slab that says Iron Fist. Okay. Cool. And you guys can do that during your short rest. So I'll give you guys a short rest here as you're helping him uh, piece that together. Okay. So I've got one 
spell slot left. Just letting everybody know. And mm. 16 hit points against me. Well, you can roll some hit die while you uh, during the short. Oh, you don't have any, Jake. You're all out. I have none. Oh boy. I have two potions of healing. How bad are you hurt? You're hurt pretty bad, aren't you? Me? No, Jake. Um, I've got hit die left. Oh, roll. Oh, you don't have hit die left. I, I do, but he doesn't. It shows that I'm in the green, but it shows that I'm 16 down from my 38. So you're looking at you know almost half. Well, seeing as you, you don't have any healing potions or any more spells that you can use, then I will give you my last shot of Oifenin's honey. Oh, what? No, 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 no. I'll be okay. No, I, I think that it's the thing to do. I'll, I'll be okay. Thank you, though, but hang on to that for an emergency. Because the next long rest we take, which... I'm not expecting... Like, we just took out the Devil Boy. We took out the boss of Firehammerhold. There's no way there's anybody more powerful than him in this place. No way. I... But if we have some sort of unexpected encounter, even a small one, you could be yeah. in serious shape pretty quick, and why take that chance? You know what I'm saying? Then I owe you one. Sure. So... Dropping it on you. Thank you. Eight. The Eight. Almost. Nice. Nice. Thanks. That is fantastic. I'm gonna. Now I'm very green. Right roll on. a hit die because I'm down seven, right? Uh, yeah, you are down I'm doing seven. Some hit die myself. Oh, sweet. Maximum eleven. Nice. Nice. I needed that. Still down fourteen. Mm. Ah, what the hell? You get him back. Ugh. Oh well. Better than nothing. I have a 10 wound. Do you really? Still? After the... Well, my second hit die roll was pretty pathetic. You know, I'll just use them up. You've used yours up. I might as well use mine up. We'll have to do a long rest at some point and get half back. Oh, that was even worse. Another two. No, it was the same. Same same thing. Crap diddly. Well, you got four four more points I have a wound of six. That's not not too bad. Nice. All right. So you guys have taken a short rest. You've healed up and helped Jack find pieces of his ancestor's tombstone. And he, you know, takes the pieces and carefully packs them into his backpack. And now you've got two doors in this ossuary. The southern door that leads back to Dumathorn Shrine and the northern door that no one's checked out yet. Well, we should probably go to the northern door since we haven't gone to that one yet. Okay, somebody, Cullen. What do you hear at the door? Um, I will attempt to listen. 14? Any noises? All is quiet. Well, I open the door in the sneaky quiet fashion I've been instructed in. Yes. Okay, you open the door, and beyond it is a large, dark, natural cave. And you see that the walls of this cave are covered with primitive murals, like caveman drawings. Mm. Huh. Hey, this is an old part of the keep. It is. It's got to be some kind of um, area that was obviously... I mean, look at where this... All these burial places were for for their elders, right? I mean, it was kind of a sacred spot. 
True, true. But this is a super old part of the castle. This has got to be like the original parts of the castle. Yeah, it's well known that crypts and other other areas where noblemen and women are buried, right? That they'll be traps because they want to deter grave sure. robbers. Yeah. So I'm going point. to check for traps. All right, Nat, at or near the door. Okay. Oh, 13. You don't find any traps. That's a really lucky roll. Don't, there's no traps with the 13. Hey, Jake, you want to take a look around the door here with your brand new drift globe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is very bright. You kind of have to put your palm up between the globe and your eyeballs. What am I doing? Perception? Mm-hmm. Trying to perceive things. Oh, that was horrible. 13. Whoa, that was as bad as me. Uh, you don't find any traps. Wow. All right. Um, I want to step over the threshold, but Cullen, mm-hmm. step over the threshold. I sure, <laughs> I sure two time. <laughs> He's tired. I have He's no tired. fear. Very little. I'm going to walk over to this spiral staircase. Is it spiraling downward and upward or just downward? Um, you walk over and you see Uh-oh. that. <laughs> and as you walk over. You could just take one step in the room. You didn't have so the to way, run in the, the middle. The way you said it to begin with, because you didn't answer the question, you yeah. went, well, as you, well, I was like, oh, shit, that's what's happening. <laughs> well, nothing happens. But as you head in, you see that that opening is not a staircase. It's a big hole in the ground. Ooh. A pit of despair. Full of bones. So I go I go over to it and I go. Oh, boy. <laughs> Just see how far it goes. All right. So you spit into the hole and you watch as your spit falls down into darkness past your uh, goggles dark vision. Yeah. And you wait for a moment and you don't hear any, like, splat or anything. Mm. All right, I'm going to come over by the door. What? What's going on in there? Are you alive? I found the hellmouth. The hellmouth? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't like pit, the sound of that. A pit of despair. A pit of despair. Oh, sure. Let me come on in. I'm going to come on in. <laughs> Let's see. Things can't get any worse now, can they? Well, you fear wells. <laughs> Said uh, a bunch cows. of dead people. What are all the things you're afraid of? Cats. I'm not sure about the rest, but this is not on the list. Cats, concierges, <laughs> girls with their names by, named after citrus fruits, yes. people with the name Nazi in their name, mm. um, dwarves that look like they haven't seen sunshine in a while, um, <laughs> spiders, um, lots of things. And beards. Beards, true. True. And anyone who wears way too much red. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you guys go in, and the drift globe illuminates this big cave, and you see that all around it, on the walls, are these ancient pictographs. And these, um, these primitive murals seem to be depicting a battle between what looks like uh, spear-wielding dwarves and a giant worm creature erupting out of the ground. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Don't look into the hole. Shh. Be very, very quiet. You just spit on that giant worm. <laughs> he won't even notice. <laughs> Jack, Jack, what's all this about? Do you know about this lore? Uh, I have no idea. 
I mean, these paintings are probably like, what, thousands of years old. None of this, none of like this reminds you of mythology of your people? Oh wait, that's right. You never knew your people. He's a hipster dwarf, remember guys? <laughs> oh yes, yes. And you see that, um, you see that Jack is amazed by all this. And he's, you know, standing in front of the paintings, rubbing his hand on the wall, kind of lost in his own thoughts. Could one of these dwarves be an iron fist? Um, you know what? Hold on a second. I'm going to scratch my head. I'm like, hmm, I do have a plus seven in history. So <laughs> maybe I'm going to roll. You probably know more about his history than he does. It's true. Oh, I got a 21. Um, the painting doesn't remind you of anything specific from Dwarven history, like a, you know, specific event or battle. But you do recall that dwarves often had to fight off subterranean creatures as they built their underground uh, cities and, and holds and stuff. Okay. And as you walk around looking for any clues in the painting, uh, you do see that these ancient dwarves eventually defeated this giant worm. Okay. And you also surmise that this hole here was created by the worm depicted in the paintings. Mmm, it's very interesting. Okay. Does it look familiar to me, the hole, from something I've seen inside of someone's mind, per se? Let's say maybe a portal or some whatnots? Mm -hmm. Anyone who wants to examine this hole can roll a perception check. I will do that. Oh, 13 again. I'm going to roll perception, too. Esmere's going to get down on one knee and she's going to pick up some soil. She's going <laughs> to... Oh, I got an eight. Mm. Jake, check this thing out, bro. See what it does. I rolled a 22. Ah. You're so perceptive. That's what I love about you. <laughs> Ironic, the guy with the worst memory is the most perceptive. What? He's also hard of hearing and his bones ache. What happened? Yeah, he perceives things and then he forgets what he perceived. <laughs> it's just frustrating. Jake, I whispered to you what you perceive. <laughs> Maybe it's short-term memory loss. <laughs> so I'm going to go over and I'm going to take this tiny little bit of bitty pebble and I'm going to walk over and I'm going to go, shh, shh, everybody. Shh. <laughs> and I'm going to take the pebble and I'm going to drop it and I'm going to put my horn of hearing into my ear and I'm going to stick my head down into the pit Oh boy! <laughs> and I'm going to listen and I'm going to listen and I'm going to listen and I'll guess that pit is 1,000 or more feet deep oh my god but look there's some marks on the wall of the pit uh -oh. you see those? Mmm, thanks for pointing those out. What do they look like? Yeah, you guys see them now. And these marks definitely look fresh, right? Like they've been made recently. So go ahead and roll a nature check to see if you uh, recognize these markings. Nature check. I've got a plus zero. But you know what's good? I have a minus zero, too. So it balances out. <laughs> Ooh, I got an 18. It's definitely not square. Whirl Prince. 18. What did I roll? Didn't I roll? Dang it. You did not. I clicked the button. Okay, I whispered to you. 20. 
Oh. I know even more. You whispered to the wrong person. <laughs> I whispered to the wrong person. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, no, you know what happens? Can I, I'm going to be the DM for a second. Sure. We all look at the prince and then we all look at each other and go, holy crap, holy guys, those are spider prints. Uh, uh-oh. So then I immediately dash backwards about 15 Ooh. feet. And I take out one of those vials of the fire stuff. Uh. If I hear any scurrying noises, I'm throwing this alchemist fire thing in the hole. Oh yeah, I have a potion of acid. I got it ready. If I hear one scurry sound, it's going down there. And Jack joins you at the hole and he looks down and he says, so this is how those gray bastards got in. They rode up here from the Underdark on the backs of their spiders and invaded from within. Uh, no wonder Halia's followers were caught by surprise. Huh. I think we need to plug this, don't you think, Jack? I don't know. That's a pretty deep hole. Oh, we could just throw something down there and blow it up. Ah. How long would the fuse have to be? 1,000 feet! <laughs> You know, such an undertaking uh, would be quite extensive, and and it would take a lot of time. Okay. I don't like this place, guys. I don't like it at all. Neither do I. But there has to be a reason why the Dugard suddenly realized they could invade this way, or had a reason to. They live in the Underdark. Yes, they dwell deep in the Underdark. The Red Wizards must have really enticed them to to leave their homes and attack the surface. Maybe they gave them the map to this place, how to get to this place. (laughs) Yes, I'm sure the Red Wizards helped, and most likely that Pit Fiend helped as well. All right, just, just, just for the heck of it, Jake, just check out these walls over here, buddy. Do a little perception on them, okay? I kind of feel like maybe the room has another purpose, but let's see. Such a crude painting, but it looks like it's supposed to tell more of a tale than it Get is to closer. be some artwork. Look at the painting closer, you know, like there might be like a little button on someone's jacket that's really like a secret button to press. I do admire the artist's brush strokes. I think that they're a little okay. bit... Okay, well, uh, admire them with your role and your perception. Oh, you're wondering what this is all about, guys. <laughs> funny. What? Hang on, let me touch myself first. Okay, well, that right, not there, Jim. So I'm going to give myself guidance. Oh, boy, there he goes. It's okay, it's okay. Just take your time. Hold on. Let me get this ear horn out of my ear. (laughs) Now, let me perceive things. A 12 and a 2 and a 7 is a 21. Okay. So you take another look around the room, and you don't discover any secrets other than uh, discovering how the Duergar got in. Okay. Uh, But from examining the paintings closer, you get the idea that after defeating the worm, The dwarves built their hold here centuries ago, like this was the beginning of Firehammer Hold, right? Painted right here on these walls. Really? Oh. That's cool. So you get the feeling that that once the worm was defeated, the dwarves of Firehammer Hold uh, 
kept this area here as a reminder of their uh, prehistoric origins, right? Hmm. And that they no longer saw this hole here as a threat. Okay. Yeah. How did that work out for him? How did that work out for him? Obviously, <laughs> they didn't see it as a threat, which it clearly was, but that's okay. Yeah. Any hole that I... goes into the Underdark is going to be a threat to Esmir. I don't care. Any hole in the ground that leads to darkness is threatening. Yes. Everybody knows that. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to judge those morons. So. <laughs> <laughs> to the south we go. All right. So we leave this thing uncapped and we hope that the next time the dwarves can repopulate Firehammer Hold, they can hold it. Maybe they can build a gigantic stone corker. Yes. All you need to do is put enough rocks on top of it. No more hole. So, we're not done. We have to go south. Follow me! Let's get out of here. All right, so you exit the ossuary and head back into into Dumathoin Shrine. The crystal relief of the dwarven god towers over you and its emerald eyes flicker as you pass by. And there on the southern wall stands a beautifully carved archway that leads uh, to a wide stone staircase that heads down into darkness. Is there any kind of, um, like, carving or anything on the archway above the door? Uh, there are no words or runes on it that would tell you anything. Okay. It's just like artistic dwarven designs. Okay, cool. I say we go. Yeah. Onward. I will take the lead my owl eye goggles. Okay, you guys start heading down into the darkness, a darkness that seems impenetrable, even with your dark vision and the light from the drift globe. It's just like a wall of blackness that always stays 60 feet in front of you, right? And it seems to just swallow up all light. And the darkness even seems to swallow up all sound as well. The silence is as deep as the darkness all around you. And it's a quiet that you guys have never experienced before. That's suspicious. And you walk down deeper into this quiet darkness for what seems like forever. But eventually, the stairs end at a hallway that quickly turns east. Mm. Oh. Okay, I want to stop at the bottom of the stairs altogether. And I want to put my ear horn up to my ear. And I want to listen to see if I can hear anything. Okay. I'm just going to look down the hall. So I can do a plus two and roll, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Please, something good. 17, 26. Wow. With a 26, you don't hear anything. Just overwhelming, eerie silence. Hmm. And Cullen, you look down the hallway and only see that wall of black darkness 60 feet down. Oh boy. And as you guys are making your way down, you notice Jack running his hand along the stone walls as he walks. And he's like, it's interesting. The stonework down here seems older than up in the hold. Much older. Uh, Older than the hole in the other room. (laughs) Well, maybe not that old. (laughs) Okay. 
newer than the whole, Maybe but older than the rest of it. This is the path to ye oldie fire hammer hold. Ye oldie fire hammer holdie? It could be. I got a bad feeling. This is not cool. Deep, dark, deep, dark, ancient tunnels don't usually lead to anything good. Oh, but, but sometimes they lead to excitement and adventure. And death. And death. But look, it looks like the path narrows up ahead. Yes, as you continue down this hall, you eventually see that it ends at another decorative archway. But this one is very narrow. It's only like three feet wide. And on the other side of it is a thin stone spiral staircase that heads down into more darkness. Ah, maybe this goes a thousand feet down. No, he said it wasn't as old. Um, can I go, can I roll my uh, perception? Sure. I'm gonna go up to the opening and roll my perception. Okay. Oh boy. Yikes. I rolled a one, I don't see nothing. So you just see a narrow single file stone staircase that goes down into it like a tube of inky black. Mm. It's because I don't like tubes, that's why I don't. Let us go. Who wants to go first? You do. I will. Okay. (laughs) Can I ask, I'm going to ask a question before I go down there. Mm-hmm. Does the silence seem off to, to Esmir, the, the type of silence that it is? Well, it's, it's a silence that you've never experienced before, right? Because you've never been this deep underground. Okay. That's not like a magical silence. No, it's more like a, more like a soundproofed kind of thing. Like you're just... In the middle of a mountain. Middle of a mountain. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just was just checking on that. So Esmir's like snapping her fingers next to her ears. Okay, I think we're fine, guys. (laughs) We'll sing a little song as we go. All right, so you guys heading down? Yes. Sure. Okay. Down, down we go. All right, so you guys start heading down this thin spiral staircase. It's only, you know, wide enough for one person. So you're making your way down single file and Jack is bringing up the rear and you hear him say, you see, Dumathoin, keeper of secrets under the mountain. I wonder what secrets the dwarves buried so deep. Hmm. I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah. And after a while of spiraling down and down, deeper and deeper, you eventually see the end of the stairs. And soon you exit the stairwell and come out into a square room. On the north wall, there's a set of stone double doors elaborately carved with the uh, same you know, designs that you saw in the arches. And across from you, in the eastern wall, there's a niche. And in this niche stands a life-size statue of a masked dwarf warrior armed with a battle axe. Hmm. Masked? Yes. Like like with a like with a helm mask or a mask like a like a mask tied around his face mask. Um it's not a helm or like a handkerchief or anything. It's like a it's like a mask without any features or expressions 
It's just blank. No nose, no mouth, just holes for the eyes. Okay. Perception, cleric. You're the historian I can, here. I can, I'm, I'm the historian. So mm. I've got a plus I, six in history too, but Esmir, why don't you roll your history and see if you know anything about this masked dwarf? I want to do that, and I also have another idea. 16. Okay, so you examine this statue, and you don't recall anything about a masked dwarf, right? Okay. But you know that this statue was carved centuries ago, and you think that if this was someone, his name has perhaps been lost to history. Okay. And you also think that um, that maybe this might not be a statue of a particular dwarf, but instead might be symbolic, like in a religious sense. Oh, okay. Hmm. And as you're looking it over, you see that there's a plaque at the bottom with dwarvish words carved on it, and I whispered it to you, Jake. What do they say? This says, friendship is more than a word. Weigh it carefully. Hey, Ooh, remember it's that? Bloke. It's from the bloke. The bloke. That's what it says on the bloke. This is the bloke. And when Jack hears that, he becomes very excited, right? And he reads the plaque himself, and he's like, oh, you're right. That's what's written on the bloke. Is the dwarf's hand, what's the dwarf statue's hands doing? Both his hands are holding a battle axe. Can we investigate this thing for any spot on the on it that looks like it might that fit a bloke? Fits a bloke. Uh, you guys look it over, and you don't find any place that looks like the bloke might fit or be a part of it. Okay. I think it's on the other side of this door, whatever it is. Maybe it is. Okay, so can we pull the bloke out? I've got the bloke. Hold it up. I carry it in me skivvies for Hold safety. It up. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> okay, so Hold it let's up. look at the bloke. It still says the same thing it's always said. And it says what about, can you say what the bloke says one more time? It says friendship is more than a word. Weigh it carefully. Um, so is there anywhere, can we put the bloke close to the statue? I don't see any place where the statue would be the receiver for this thing. Right. I think it's oh. just Okay, so let's not try a clue. Okay. That's just No, I mean I'll go over there okay. and stand next to it, but I'm gonna, I'm guessing nothing happens. But okay. just hold it up, boy, and well, see it if it glows. So clearly this is like something that goes in a scale. He's holding an axe. There's no yes. scale here. I don't see I'm looking for something a little bit more convincing. Besides there are doors right here we could go through and see. This is an entry chamber. This isn't where, you know, maybe if we can't open these doors, the bloke would be a key, but I don't see where it would fit. But can we try opening these doors first? Sure, let's open the doors. Okie dokie. Okay, so you push on the stone doors, Cullen, and they slide open quite smoothly, actually, for uh, doors that look so old. And beyond them, you see a large 40-foot square room with a 40-foot high arched ceiling. And in front of you is a stone staircase that heads down to a floor 
that is a grid of square stone slabs, eight slabs tall and six slabs across. And on the other side of this grid floor, on the other side of the room, is another set of stone double doors. These are bigger and they have a large ornate carving on them. It's the carving of a familiar looking stylized dwarven face. Wait, you said it was a familiar face? Yes, it looks like the same face that's carved on the bloke. Ah, ooh, interesting. But there's a slight difference between the two. The eyes on the bloke look like regular eyes, right? But the eyes on the door have been carved to look like they're on fire. Mm. Well, I'm going to walk to the bottom of the stairs and investigate the grid. Good idea. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Nobody walk on the grid-like pattern floor. Exactly. Yeah, totally. All right, so you guys make your way down. Esmir, are you going in? <laughs> I hate it when I go in, then you ask that question. <laughs> so you, you going in there? Yeah. Esmir, are you going in too? Is everybody in the room now? Okay. I'm going to stay at the top of the stairs. Okay. Well, as you were walking in. And as you walked <laughs> over to the grid, all the steps suddenly turn into a ramp and slide across the grid. All right. So you two head down. And uh, Jack follows, and he's you know he's visibly excited, right? What what an amazing discovery! I wonder when the last time someone was down here. And as you get to the bottom of the steps, you guys see that the east and west walls are adorned with ten foot high bas reliefs of dwarf warriors, twelve warriors on each side. So there are twenty four of these uh, 10 foot tall carvings. And as you come up to the grid, you see that each slab, each uh, square of the grid, has a stylized engraving of a round shield with a sword above the shield and javelins on each side of the shield. And under each shield is a single word carved in dwarvish. And here is a picture of what this grid floor looks like. Mm. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. And you guys remember when you uh, when you found the real bloke in Harpshield Castle that Jake made a religion check on the bloke right. and realized that the face on the bloke was the face of the dwarven deity Gorm Gulthen and that the bloke itself was emanating a slight divine presence. And Jack, uh, he's standing there at the edge of the grid floor, and he's looking across at the door on the other side, and he's mumbling to himself. He says, hmm, fiery eyes. You know, I think my father once told me about a dwarven deity that was called Fire Eyes. What was his name? So this isn't Gorm, this is somebody else. Oh, Gorm, yeah, that's it. Oh, oh, it is Gorm. Gorm, <laughs> yes, yes. Gorm was Fire Eyes, yes. He's the deity of vigilance and defense. And they called him Fire Eyes because it was said that he could shoot rays of fire out of his eyes. Oh boy. Which is what's gonna happen if we step on the wrong square, guys. Yeah, I got a bad feeling about this all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, I remember my father telling me about him when I was a kid. 
He told me that Gorm was the patron of dwarves that protected their homes from external attacks. He said that Gorm would fight the foes of the stout folk until the fire in his eyes was fully extinguished. Ah, oh man. If this is indeed Gorm, then beyond those doors must be a chapel of the Watcher, a place where worshippers of Gorm gathered. Mm. So what do these words say that are carved into the floor? Well, those are dwarven names. Mm. Okay. Do any say Gorm? Mm. No, none say Gorm. Do any say Fire Eyes? No, they're just, you know, normal dwarf names. Like Bobby, Cindy. Yeah, like Cindy, Sue. Marsha. Devin. Yeah, exactly. Peter. So I want to step on... I want to step on Greg. No! I'm kidding. I just just to be on the safe side, Jake, to let you know, I think what we're thinking is that if you do this wrong, fire comes shooting out of the eyes over there, across the room, at whoever, you know, is in the way. Are there holes on the door? In the eyes? None that you can see from here. Mm. That's the thing, is mm. that they're almost like individual pressure plates. Yes. And so as you walk, you have to step on the right square. Because well, each, how do we know which is the right square? See, I was thinking that you have to, because if it's about friendship, like two people have to go at the same time. Right. Oh, like, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's what that's I was what saying I was before. It's got to have something to do with us being a team. Uh. So do any of these, do any of the names on this grid, are there any names that we would know as um, maybe through history or something where we would know that, uh, you know, whatever, the name of a bad guy. No, none of them stick out to you in like a historical sense. Okay. What if we just walk straight across, but side by side, like holding each other's hands? Um, I almost, I agree with, I agree with Cullen in a way that we all have to step at the same time on these slabs, regardless of their names. But if we step all at the same time and then we kind of step and step and step, almost march across, we might... um, It could be a painful lesson, though. It could be a very painful lesson. I feel like there's a way to to figure this out. There's got to be a way to figure this out. Um... But there's definitely a way to figure it out. First, what we can do is do that, and if we all get burned, then we I mean, take without the hit. getting burned. And then, <laughs> I, mean, <that's> the, the <laughs> I know. Trust me, I want to find out. Everything you guys need to figure out this puzzle is right in front of you on your screens. You mean the floor diagram? That and the picture of the bloke. Gotcha, okay. Well, wait a minute. So we're looking for the 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 runes to match what's on the floor. We have to spell friend, maybe. Oh, maybe it's just... Friendship. Wait. Okay, maybe it's just one word out of this. So find one that has the first letters of the rune. Wait a minute. So it's the first word, friendship. Yeah, but where's that FF? Well, then there's a double strike T here. There's an R here, and then two things that look like flags, which there's a flag here, there's a flag here, and then there's another R, 
there's an so you have to be the first letter would have to be an R there's an R here so that's friend through the maze friendship friendship you want to try it hold on a minute no 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 not yet because <laughs> hold on well oh I see I see what you found yeah it just goes through the maze like that it goes that is the word friendship going yeah, straight L- down that line oh yep double strike T yep and then it changes direction with to the that hard looking thing that looks like the right way through to me I mean that gets you through that looks like friendship and it's to friendship. me so I almost want to follow Cullen's path all right, you go. Soon. I'll stay here. I'll watch you. <laughs> well, I'll go. You go first. You've I'll got the go. most. I'll just go. Everybody uh... stay here. I'll take. I think. I think. I think. I know what I'm doing. I could be wrong, but what's the word for it? Friendship. No, there's an expression. Something about seizing. You only die once. The moment. Oh, no. Or. Carpe diem. Carpe diem? No, that's not it. There's it's a better thing. All right, so you stepping on that first tile? I'm stepping on that first square. All right. He was just going to say something cool, though. No, I can't remember. But I can't Some, think of it. Something about... Carpet cleaner. Carpet cleaner, yes. Carpe... Carpe fiche. No, it's like, um, fools rush in? No, um, a fortune favors the bold. Yeah. There you go. Get in there, boy! I say, fortune favors the bold and step on the <laughs> L-shaped, the one that begins with an L-shape. Okay, so you step on that tile, and as you put your weight on it, it sinks a little bit. And then you all hear a loud mechanical ka-chunk come from the door on the other side. Oh, you unlocked one of the locks. Or... I started the process of emolliation. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> emulsification. Emulation. You're gonna get emulsified. But we are not going to look at that side of things. Well, I take another step forward onto the O, the one that begins with O. Kachunk. You have a kachink and a kachunk. Okay. I think you're kachunking the right way, guys. Hopefully, the okay. next one is L, a kachunk. Lopsided O, double strike T. One more forward. Kachunk. I was right. Down to the other R. A kachunk. Another step forward. Kachunk. Now I shuffle to the right. <laughs> kachunk. And then I step forward. Kachunk. And then I step on the final R. Kachunk. I'm still not on fire, guys. <laughs> and so you step on that final tile and hear that mechanical kachunk come from the door. And then you begin to hear the workings of mechanisms deep within the stone. The ground beneath you begins to vibrate and then the stone doors shudder. And Gorm's face begins to split in two as the massive doors begin to slowly swing open. Oh, wow. Good job, Cullen. So everybody, it's it's four up, one over to the right, and then two forward. And Jack cheers, you did it, how wondrous. And he begins to uh, follow the same path to the other side. Esmir was standing at the top of the steps. <laughs> and so there's a shot, you know, you can look from behind her and she's silhouetted behind this 
cool thing that just happened. <laughs> and she jumps up in there. She's like, yes, Colin, you're a badass now. <laughs> right on. And I'm going to follow the same path. But okay. I couldn't have done it without all of your great suggestions. Yeah. Okay. I, you know, guys, I'm going to try a different path. I just kidding. No, I'm yes. going to kachunk through like you did, buddy. <laughs> all right. So you guys make your way over to the other side and head through the now opened doors. And you look in and see stone steps that head down into a large chapel with a 30-foot high ceiling supported by six massive stone pillars. And directly across from you, in the uh, northern part of the room, there's a 20-foot wide niche walled in dark stone. And on this dark stone, there are stylized carvings of mountains. And the floor of this niche is covered in loose gravel. And within this niche stands a statue of a stylized dwarf warrior. Hmm. Is he wearing a mask? Um, it's kind of hard to tell from back here. I'm going to move to the bottom of the stairs so that I can look down the line, see if there's anything on the, on the walls opposite the columns, left and right. Be careful. I'm, I'm on the bottom flight of the steps. Are there any are there any of those little click click clickety things in the walls? <laughs> squeaky squeaky squeaky. Oh, the little <laughs> flapper doodles. Just keep your ears out for any squeaky squeaky sounds. I think the flapper doodles were just a local defense mechanism. I think any defense mechanism we might find here would be one of death and destruction. Okay. I think the puzzles are over, so I'm just going to walk <laughs> up to the statue. Jesus. Okay. Okay. What are the rest of you doing? I'm going to wait and see I'm going to wait at the it. bottom of the steps. <laughs> I don't think they stop at the f- most important room. Let's not put any traps in this room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Cullen, uh, you make your way by yourself uh, through this dark ancient chapel. You pass by dozens of empty stone pews where worshipers once gathered centuries ago. And you end up uh, standing in front of this dark stoned niche with its carved mountains and gravel floor and you look upon this statue of a dwarf warrior. He's dressed in full plate mail and he's holding a two-handed battle axe. And uh, you see that at the bottom of it uh, on the pedestal of the statue there are words carved in dwarvish. And as you look up you see that the statue of this dwarf has no face. It's missing. Instead, there's a rectangular recess where the face should be. Ooh, and a bloke. Well, let me let me try putting this thing there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, if you want to come over and see what happens next, or stay back there, afraid of what might happen next. Come on, Jack. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, Jack's going. This is cool. Yeah, he is super excited. And he rushes up to the statue, and he reads the plaque. Greetings, friends and allies of the Watchers. The Lord of the Bronze Mask welcomes you. And Jack's like, aha, I was right. This is a place of worship for Gorm. Very interesting. Here, give me a boost. 
and I <laughs> move to the statue. I assume it's Wait, within... you're asking a dwarf for a boost? <laughs> well, it's, just, it's not much of a boost. I was asking. It's not <laughs> much of a boost. He's strong. He's like a step stool. I spin the book around. I look at it. I make sure that it's right side up. The head is the top and uh-huh. the eyes are okay. And then I slot it in. I see if it fits. It fits perfectly and makes the face of the statue. And as you place the bloke into the recess, the bloke and the statue begin to glow. And then you all hear the battle cry of an army fill the chapel. Then the bloke's eyes ignite in spectral flames. And when that happens, you all somehow instinctively know that the bloke has become the face of Gorm. And you also immediately know what that means. The bloke itself has been imbued with the divine power of Gorm, the eternally vigilant. And when you speak the phrase, aid us fire eyes, the fire in the bloke's eyes will brighten into an orb of daylight. And within the light, 2d4 plus 2 Gulthan astral warriors will appear and aid the one who called them forth. Uh, wow. So you can carry this with you and do this remotely? Yes, but you can only do it once. And then it becomes inert and it can't be used again until it's taken to a chapel of the Watcher and recharged. Wow. Mm, a portable army. I like it. Very cool. All right, so aid us, fire eyes. Excellent. Well, I retrieve the stone, assuming, of course, it's been charged up. Yes, and you know it's charged up because the eyes are glowing. That charged pretty fast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's mystical. It's not running on, you know, DC. Make sure you empty it out all the way before you charge it again. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, you want every spectral warrior you can get. You don't want to be like, ah, it's... uh, Golly, two and a half guys. What the heck? <laughs> what a cool, what a cool little twist. Jack, this is so cool. Hey, Jack, you don't mind if I keep my hands on this? Could come in uh, very handy in a pinch. Of course, you deserve this holy <laughs> relic, and I'm sure Gorm here would agree. It was because of your your vigilance that you were able to rid this dwarven stronghold of its evil intruders and save me. It's because of you guys that I'm able to stand here and witness this, this glorious moment. And not only have you discovered the purpose of the bloke and its connection to uh, Firehammer Hold, but you've received the blessings of not one, but two dwarven gods. That's right. My friends will be remembered in the adventuring history books, as they say. Yes. That's how we roll, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Holy cow. I'm starting to believe that Firehammer Hold has been cleared out. We've got some prisoners to go and... and, Liberate. uh, Liberate and escort. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can say... Maybe we can call on Gorm to help us get a cab home. It's <laughs> a long walk. Well, we'll gird our loins and be off. Gird your lone loins, boy. Get out there. Did we did we miss anything? Did we get all the hallways? 
I'm zooming out on the map, and I don't see. The only thing we didn't do was I go. Felt like there was like one more thing. We didn't go to the front door. Yeah, the front door is the only place left. Oh, we'll just go out the front door. We will leave through the front we'll door. We'll just bust that thing open. Yeah. Yeah. Throw the gates wide. And then in slow motion, slow motion, we'll walk down the steps with our capes of flowing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slow motion superhero shot. The badass shot. With some really cool music. And we'll have know. our we'll have the people we rescued behind us. Yep. We'll have our weapons thrown over our shoulders, the ones I never use, you know. <laughs> I'll have my I'll have my my cloak billowing. With your couple burnt holes in it. Yes. A couple burnt holes in it, exactly. The billows kinda it's off. The billowing's kinda off a little bit. Yeah, it kinda the does air like, gets through. <laughs> right. It's all a little bit on the uh a little bit too jumpy. <laughs> it doesn't billow as much as it kinda jumps and flitches, twitches. Flitches and twitches. <laughs> well, right, right. On we go. Time. Let us be off. All right, so you guys want to head back to where the uh, the prisoners are holed up? Yep, we get Liam and Kurt. I was going to go back to the um, shrine. Oh, to Helia's shrine. To Helia's right. shrine. Right, okay. And I was going to um, pull out the beard wrapped with the red wizard yeah. cape. Okay. And I was going to tell Halia, Halia, we got rid of all the usurpers that took over your place. Yes. And not only did we kill the evil Santa guy, but <laughs> FYI, we killed his, we imprisoned his boss, the red wizard guy. And I got this for you, and I put it down at the base of her, at the base of her uh, statue. Okay. Nice. And I say, your hold is free again for your next group of followers. And we'll put the word out so people could come here and start rebuilding your house of worship. And as you place the offering and say those words, you all feel Halia's presence fill the shrine. But unlike before, where you felt uh, anger and rage and vengeance, uh, you now feel a more peaceful presence. And you all know that she is pleased with what you've done, that you've, you know, cleared her shrine of the followers of La Duguerre, and her followers have been avenged. So you can feel that she is pleased, and you can feel that there's something uh, different about yourselves. But you don't know uh, exactly uh, what that is, uh, because the DM forgot to prepare for that. <laughs> so, uh, nice. so he's gonna think about that and uh, get back to you. I'll get back, I'll get back to you. Can I, can I ask you a question? Does Esmir feel any younger? <laughs> <laughs> no, Esmir does not feel any younger. Damn it. <laughs> one of her gray hairs turns black again. Just one. Ting. 39 years. And about nine months. So, I think uh, Esmir's going to try and get people to come here and start like a new, a new, you know, following for her. Well, um, I'm sure there are other followers of Helia. Yeah, we want to try to realm. start repopulating this with dwarves. So, speaking of which, no, I, I want I want to get people who are going to worship Helia to come here. Right. So they don't. So that's like what Esmir's gonna try and do. She's gonna make pamphlets for people. 
Okay. Not because she's religious, but because she wants this. Uh, she wants Halia to have her, uh, her, you know, followers back. Sure, that makes sense. So, are most of them dwarves? Um, you would assume that most were dwarves. Yeah. I know, but like, do they don't have to be dwarves? Oh, huh. they don't have to be. No. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because she has a lot to offer. Yeah, and and I think Jack likes that idea. Yeah, I was just gonna say, what about Jack? Yeah, Jack is Jack is moved by what you guys are doing here in the shrine, and you know he's moved by what you guys have all experienced here in Firehammer Hold together, and he's like, you know, I've never lived in a dwarven hold, or even with a dwarven clan, and I'm not getting any younger, you know, and I'm starting to think. It might be time to settle down. Yeah. So maybe a, this is the king maybe of, Firehammer Hold could be my next project. I was or, just going to say, you could be king of this castle. Well, I don't want to be a king, but you know... You I'm, helped liberate this head place. Head cleric you know. of this shrine. Don't sell yourself short there, Jack. You helped <laughs> liberate this place. It you is live a really, long time. You can have a second career. Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Preaching the good word of Aelia Brightax. Yeah. You know, this is a well-built hold. It'd be a shame to just let it crumble to dust. I wouldn't. I'd live here. I'd, of course, I'd defuse the traps, and instead of fire coming out of the walls, it would probably be confetti, maybe marshmallows, but it'd be fun. <laughs> you could do a lot of fun stuff in here. Yeah, but you know, I think the first thing on the list would be plugging that wormhole to the Underdark. Yeah. That would be a good idea. The second thing would be scrubbing the floors of all of the blood and guts. Sorry about the blood. <laughs> yes, it's a bit of a mess. And possibly remodel the dungeon area and, you know, get rid of the barred door. Put some nice travertine in there, you know. Hang some cafe lights over here. You got the swimming pool area down below. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you could turn those little pit areas into like saunas. Yes, hot springs. Lots of saunas. Jerry would probably, you know, Jerry's band could come play like once a month or something. You could have like a little concert. And maybe we will travel back here every now and then and visit. And recharge our face. And recharge, and recharge our, our, recharge our face. face. And don't forget, <laughs> we can have the little roller coaster ride area. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jake gets all excited. Jake, when you retire, you can you, you can get a job running that running that ride. Yes. You'll be the carnival guy. You call guy. it Short Rounds Tunnel Adventure. <laughs> as soon as Jake retires, he could... Uh, Jake's happy place. That's what yeah, we call it. exactly. Jake's happy place. <laughs> Save me a room! You could have a Jake juice stand. Mm. Nice flagons of pewter with the impression of... Jake juice across them, some sort of furled banner. <laughs> yeah, and we can have balloons that look like the uh, Red Wizard. The Red Wizard balloons and little horn of hearings for the kids. Yeah. So they could pretend. What a great idea. Heroes putting their names in the history books and making plans to convert Firehammer Hold into some sort of sanctuary spa meets carnival funhouse. Hmm, that could actually work. So, 
What's next for those guys? Will our heroes get the villagers back to Jolkin? And what awaits them along the way? Does fortune really favor the bold? Even when fools rush in? Are Bobby, Cindy, Marsha, and Peter really dwarven names? And I know what a squeakity squeakity thing is, but what is a flappadoodle? Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right. So the players have cleared out Firehammer Hold. And in doing so, they've uh, discovered some more clues and tied up some loose ends. Uh, you know, they've uh, just found, finally found Jack and they've discovered what the bloke was all about. And they found some of the missing villagers and figured out some more of the Red Wizard's plans. And they finally met the mysterious master that they've been hearing so much about. Now, in the Scourge of the Sword Coast module, the Pit Fiend does not make an appearance in Firehammer Hold. And I was going to have him appear in the ossuary even before I uh, changed the story to uh, reflect Cliff uh, being unable to play with us. And the reason is, uh, is because I don't like stories where the main bad guy just suddenly appears out of nowhere at the end of the story, right? Like, he's like... Hi, you don't know me, but I'm the big bad guy, and I'm the mastermind, and I've been responsible for all your troubles this whole time. And then the players, uh, you know, proceed to defeat him and game over, right? And I always feel like that's, you know, really anticlimactic. And there's a lot of modules that are kind of built like that, you know, there's this... Um, uh, mastermind behind everything, but you really don't get a taste of them uh, until, you know, the very end. So I feel that it's it's better when the players get a taste of the main antagonist's power before they meet, right? Instead of uh, meeting him at the very end and being like, oh, so you're the master. Uh, okay, time to die. <laughs> By meeting him uh, before that moment, I feel it creates more attention, right? The, you know, the classic example is that uh, the main bad guy defeats them at the beginning or somewhere along the story, and then it leaves them for dead. And now the players know, you know, sort of what they're up against, and they know they have to level up and they have to figure out how to defeat him. I feel a buildup uh, to the end is more satisfying for the players. Uh, first, it was, uh, you know, talk of someone called the master, and then there was infernal writings and exploding minions, which reveals that uh, that there's a devil or demon involved. And then we meet him and realize that it's a powerful devil who has, you know, the legions of hell at his command. And they barely survived their first encounter with him. And he wasn't even there. Right. And uh, now there's more tension. Right. Now they kind of know what they're up against, and now they have to figure out why this is all happening and how to stop it. All right, so Firehammer Hold is a uh, you know a big turning point in the campaign, you know, in the story, and I think uh, it's a good time to say that was season three. 
right? So season four uh, will be about how the players deal with all this new information and how they figure out why this is all happening and then how to stop uh, this scourge of the Sword Coast. And I hope you guys stick around and uh, figure all this out as the players do. It's going to be fun. So we're going to take some time off. Uh, I need to figure some stuff out. Uh, we need, we definitely need to play some more. And then, of course, I got to edit all this stuff together. So I think it's going to probably be, um, you know, a couple months uh, before we start dropping season four episodes. I want to thank Wizards of the Coast for the game and the module we're playing, which is Scourge of the Sword Coast. And I want to thank Sirenscape.com for all the amazing in-game music and sound effects. And Andrew Capone for the awesome Roll Radio theme music. You can find links to these talented people at RollRadio.com, as well as links to help support the show. And of course, I thank all of you guys for listening and all of our patrons who help support us. And I'm going to leave you guys with this uh, very precious outtake. And we'll see you guys in season four. Well, how's that song go? Uh, Aid us now, fire eyes. Every now and then I fall <laughs> Every now and then I get a little bit closer to getting killed. Aid us now, fire eyes. Nice. Every now and then I get blown apart. <laughs> Something tells me that that's how you're going to call. That's how you're going to call Gorm in our time of need. <laughs> well, the most minute meteors come raining down tonight. <laughs> that was solid.